You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church at church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. We've got, we got several little ones. I mean little ones in our family. You know, we got, we got three little, little ones that are just now beginning to kind of learn to talk and those kinds of things. And so, you know, you play the game with them, right? When they're little like that, you play the game of, you know, teaching them words and association of this word is associated with this thing and, and kind of the sounds that different things make. Like when you say, what does a cow say? Can you help me? There you go. All right. What, are, what does a dog say? I think I heard a couple of beagles there, maybe a, a, couple, of di- a couple of different breeds there going on. Or what, what, is the, what does a duck say? You know, I'm, I missed my opportunity. I should have bet someone this morning that I would be able to get the church to moo like a cow and bark like a dog and quack like a duck for a free lunch this afternoon, right? I missed my opportunity. Okay, so what we're doing is, is, is we're, we're, of course, that, that's not, you might think that's not really something that's going to help this kid when they grow up make it in life to know what a, what a cow says, and you know, I guess unless they're a farmer or whatever. But that association is what we're trying to teach them. And, you know, that's something that doesn't end when they become two, three, four, five years old and they learn all these other things. It's not just about cows going moo or dogs barking or ducks going quack. It's not just about that. We begin to understand that certain things sound like certain things. Like, for instance, and, and, and I've used this before, is, is uh, I've got a, a guy that I consider a mentor. I met him 29 years ago this past August. And uh, he's, uh, he's a guy... We actually lived in the same state for three years, and uh, he's been everywhere since then. And so I've not actually been like in his life on a daily basis or been able to just run over. But sometimes I've driven hours just to just to have a, a good long lunch with him, just because he's like a mentor, and I gotta gotta have that. And you know, uh, there was a day that I was struggling with a problem, and uh, and it was a pastoral problem, and so. I, I was going to give him a call, and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to be on the phone with him. I don't want to take a lot of time. How am I going to lay this out for him so he understands it all? Because, you know, uh, you know, we're not going to be there for an hour, you know, maybe 10 or 15-minute phone calls. So I began laying all this out, and I'm going to say it to him. And then I, I started hearing his voice in my head. And I, I realized I knew exactly what he was going to say, you know, because I'd built this relationship with him. He had given me so much input and advice, counsel, over the years, that I knew exactly how he was going to respond when I laid this out for him, okay? And so it's like, I don't even think that time I even called him because I knew that. That didn't happen because I had one meeting with him. That didn't happen because I had one phone call. That didn't happen because of one email that I sent to him, but a relationship that it had built over the years. Now, do you know where I'm going with this? Do you see where I'm going with this? Okay, here, here's 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 the future look of that as well, is I couldn't say, well, you know what? I've got him all figured out. And so I'll never have to call him again because I know what he's going to say about every situation. No, I've called him since then. You know, I've met him since then to talk about things since then, since that happened, because I've got to keep that. Because if I don't, there are so many other things that are being said around me. I mean, that's one of the problems, right, when you're trying to figure out what to do is uh, you got, you know, just not just your mentors, but you got all these other voices around you telling you all kinds of things, right? 
And, 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 and so you, you have to maintain. I had to maintain that relationship with a mentor so he could keep telling me those things. He could keep challenging me. I had, to, I had to maintain that relationship in the same way. If we are going to hear the words of Christ and understand and be able to, to, to develop this, uh, this sense of knowing what it is that he's saying to me, we're going to have to spend time in his word. And we're going to have to continue to spend time in His Word. And, and when, we, when we think we hear it, this is something that's been said now, I, I know twice in the last three weeks to you, is, is that if we're not careful, here's one of the dangers, is we can kind of become arrogant that we understand. We know what He's going to say. We know what He's going to say. And we don't even have to pick up the Bible anymore, right? We, don't have to, we know what Jesus says about this. I, I can tell you, we don't, don't even got, no, I, I'm telling you, we have to maintain that. L- let, me, let me give you another example of this whole, whole thing right here also. You know, if you're a Star Wars fan, any Star Wars fans right here? You know, you know? Okay, if you're a Star Wars fan, and all of a sudden, you know, there's a movie, you know, a, a, a movie that you find, a, how did I miss this one? There's this one movie that I didn't see out of the 400 that they've made, you know, Star Wars and the Mandalorian and all the, you know, how, how did I miss this? And so you start watching it and in it, Han Solo, he's got, he's got this, uh, uh, this predicament in here and something happens and, and all of a sudden everything pauses, you know, you know, you're streaming, you know, it just kind of spins there for just a second. You're just waiting for it, you know, to catch up and you're, you're waiting for, you're waiting, how, how's Han going to uh, uh, respond to this situation? But you know, you know Han Solo so well, you've already got it figured out when it finally catches up and starts playing again because you know him so well, right? And, you know, we do that. We get to that place sometimes with our heroes and heroines and in, uh, you know, literature or cinematic. You know, we, we, we get there with them. But don't you think we ought to get there with Jesus also? Don't you think we ought to get to the place that, that we kind of feel like, He's about to tell me something here. He's about to tell me this ain't right, or that was a wrong decision, or that I need to go this way or this way. Don't you think that we ought to be at least as in touch with the mindset of Christ as we are with our heroes and heroines in movies and literature and those kinds of things? I mean, we we get there with our heroes, whether it's Han Solo, Leia, or or, or some, something else, you know, Pee Wee Herman. We were watching Pee Wee Herman a little bit this morning. Actually, I wasn't. It was just on in the room. Uh, I don't want y'all to think I'm a Pee Wee Herman fan uh, or anything like that. You know, Scarlett O'Hara, whoever it is that's your, that's your, 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 your hero or heroine, don't you believe that you ought to be more in tune with the mindset of Christ? Yes, we should. All right. You see, this sermon series, the purpose of it, is not to tell you what Jesus says. Okay, that may be what you thought this sermon series was about. That's not the purpose. It's not for, because we can't tell you everything that Jesus says. But the purpose is to remind us of the power and the anointing and the wisdom and the depth, you know, and, and, and the wholeness, the completeness of the words of Jesus Christ and to deepen our hunger for them. That's the reason for this sermon series. There's no way I can, I mean, how long you got today? You know, if you've got several hours today and, and I were to preach to you about what Jesus says, there's no way I could share in hours, week after week after week, everything that Jesus says. The only, the only intent of this five-week sermon series is to give you that hunger 
If you just say, I need to know more of what Jesus says than I need to know what Han Solo would do in this situation. Or that I would know what, even what my mentor would say if I pick up the phone and call him. That we have this deep hunger. And why? Because, you know, we're talking about fictitious characters in fictitious worlds. You know, facing fictitious circumstances as opposed to the Son of God who died for my sins, who has the very words of life. The very words of life. So it should be the thing that draws us. And, you know, and, and here's the thing is that Jesus, that Jesus spoke to virtually every point of life that you and I will ever have to face. Here, here are a lot of them. You know, I, I kind of tried to make a list. You see, do you see your worry up here? Money? Job security, physical health, depression, loneliness, regrets of your past. What's the one you worry about? What's the one that keeps you awake at night? What is it? What is it? Is it up there? Probably. Probably the ones you struggle with the most, it's up there. Well, can I tell you something? Jesus spoke about every single one of these points of life and all the others that, that, that I didn't get on the list or whatever. And, and, and like I said, this sermon series is not to tell you what Jesus said about all these things, but to give you the hunger so that you go find out what Jesus said about all these things. Yet, on the, on the Connect page, church2911.com slash connect, go to the sermon notes. In the sermon notes, I've got scriptures for every single one of these, okay? So even though I don't have time to preach about all of these, they're there. But that's just the connect. It's like one verse or something. And what you need to do is you need to go and read the verses before and after, get the whole context, and, and realize this is what Jesus says. I don't have time to preach all this, but let me just show you just a little bit, okay? To try to give you a little bit of that appetite, all right? Here's the first one about, about regretting our past, forgiveness. You know what Jesus says about forgiveness? John 3, 16. You know it, right? For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But do you know verse 17? He didn't say that and go to bed. He didn't say that and leave the room. He says, for God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so not only do you get forgiveness of your sin, where God looks at you with love and, and forgiveness and grace and mercy, but also that, 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 that condemnation that we sometimes feel in our hearts because of our past and the things that we've done, that we even, we even get delivered from that. That condemnation isn't from God. It didn't come from him. That's what Jesus is saying because he didn't send condemnation when he sent Jesus. This is what Jesus says about forgiveness. It's so much deeper than what we sometimes say, right? And so that's why I say we, we need to know the words of Jesus. Or, or, or here's another one. What about all of our needs? Next slide. About all of our needs, about all of our questions, uh, uh, getting our prayers answered. Those things. Here's just three verses real quick or three passages. Jesus has asked me for anything in my name. He says, if two agree about anything... I'll do it. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can speak to that mountain and say, be cast into the sea and it's going to happen. This, this is the, the power of, of what Jesus says about your problems. And so if, if, if you're dealing with, if you've got a, a question, if, if you've got a problem in your life, you've got a situation you don't know how to handle, if you've got needs, you need to go check these scriptures out. And again, they're there in the sermon notes, all right? But go deeper than that. Don't just read those and Go back to sleep or leave the room because Jesus wants to go much deeper. He wants to show you so much that is there. But let's go on just a little bit deeper also because let's look deeper. You see, sometimes, next slide, there you go, next slide. It's not always a rule 
Sometimes it's an object lesson. Sometimes Jesus doesn't say, here's a rule. Sometimes he says, let me tell you something, and it's an object lesson. Sometimes he gives us a lesson in what he says instead of actually just saying it's a rule. Because Jesus didn't give us just rules. He gave us a way of life. He wants us to understand this is the way we're supposed to live. And so here's an example, like racism, okay? You know what, Jesus, I, I can't find any place where Jesus says racism is wrong. He didn't say that, right? He says, does that mean racism is okay? No. I, I, the, way I, the way I look at it is like when he says racism, you know, it, he didn't say racism is wrong. But it's like, it's like well, duh. <laughs> Do I really have to tell you that that's wrong? But it's like it's just a part of his life that, that everybody's accepted in the same way. That when he talked about the Canaanite dog right there, and if you don't know what that is, you need to look that one up and read it, okay? When he talked about that, the Canaanite dog, okay, and it's just, just, a, just a little bit of a twist there for, for, for those of you that read that, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, good. I want you to go see what it's, what it's saying. And, and, and Jesus, he responds in, in that story, he responds in such an un-Jesus-like way. All right, so I'm trying to give you a little more appetite to go read this, okay? He responds in what seems to be such an, an un-Jesus type way, but then it's almost like when, when, then when he responds again, it's like, oh, you know what he was doing? Okay, he was, yeah, he was testing someone's faith, but I think what he was also doing is he was kind of poking us a little bit and say, see how stupid that looked when I acted like you do? See how ignorant you, you appear when, when I acted like you do when you act out in your racism? Or, or, or the Samaritan at the well. You remember, you remember these words? You ever heard uh, where Jesus said, I will give you water to drink so that you will never ever be thirsty again. You remember when Jesus said those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, you know who he said that to? A Samaritan. Now, that doesn't mean a whole lot to you and me today. Okay, but that was... That was the person, a Samaritan for a Jew. The Samaritan was the person that, that a Jew would look down upon because of their race. Of, of all the racial uh, disharmony in the world throughout all of history, I mean, some people think we're the only ones that have ever had it in history. No, it's always been here. Jews and Samaritans, Jews and Arabs, uh, Hutus and Tutsis, uh, uh, you know, just over and over and over, the Serbs, Croats, you know, uh, just over and over and over. And here's the Jews and Samaritans. And when Jesus spoke those words, words that you know that you've heard, he spoke them to a Samaritan, almost as if he went out of his way to make sure I spoke that, he spoke that to a Samaritan. Or, or when, when he was asked about neighbors, he, Jesus made up this story, okay? And he said, I want to tell you a story. And, and it's like, we call them parables, right? And so he made up this story. And in the story, there's a hero. And he made the Samaritan a hero. I mean, so it's, it's like he doesn't say, Racism is wrong, but what he does is he gives us the object lesson to understand that this is the way he looks at everybody. I mean, there, there's so much there in the Word that when you read the words of Christ, there's so much there than just what, what he says in that black and white, or I, guess I could say in a lot of Bibles, red and white, right? Because of the red letter editions, right? Is there so much more there that he says than that? Let me, let me give you one more example real quick, if I can. Jesus says, give. All right. How many of you liked it when, you know, somebody's going to have to think way, way back. Some of you are still there. But how many of you liked it when your parents say, because I said so? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> no, you're raising your head because you are the parent, right? And you like, no. <laughs> you know what? Here's, here's something I like about Jesus. 
I don't recall Jesus ever saying because I said so. I don't recall that. If you can think of a time, please tell me, okay, so I don't say that again next time I, I mention this. And, and as the Savior of the universe, as the Son of God, as the one who died for my sins, he probably has more right than anybody to say, because I said so, and he doesn't. Look right, right here. He says, Matthew 23, 23, you should tithe. Yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Okay, but then look what he says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, so we know the Bible teaches us to be givers. What Jesus says is this is a promise. It's when you give, you receive. It's not about just sit there and pray and ask God, and he's going to give you everything you need. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, give, and it'll be given to you. Give as in, as in plant the seed so I can make it grow. Put something in. Invest something so you can have some harvest. Because if you don't put the seed in the ground, you can't get any harvest. I mean, if you don't plant something, there's not any harvest coming. And so if you're wondering why there's no harvest, well, Jesus says, here's why. But then he says, if you are a giver, if you are a giver, it's going to be given right back to you. You're going to reap this way. You're going to reap It's good measure. Press down. Okay, I, I always say when, when I'm reading a scripture in a sermon that I'm not going to use this example, but then I always have to. A good measure, press down, right? You know what press down means? You remember when you were a kid, you know, and your mom said, take the trash out, and you went to the kitchen, you saw that trash can, and you went, right? And you pressed it down so more could go in. That's what it's talking about. It says, good measure, pressed down or shaken together. You know, sometimes if you've got some powder or something or, or grab it, you can shake it a little bit and it packs down a little bit more so you can get more in. That's what he's saying is when you give, it'll be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will it be dumped into your lap because you give? I mean, see, Jesus is not just telling us rules. He's telling us the truths of life. I, I, I mean, I want you to get this. Look, I'm, I'm your pastor. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a guest evangelist today. I didn't just show up here today. I have a heart for you. You know what? If I want you to understand these things that Jesus says. I want you to get it because I, I want your life to be full like he intended. I mean, it's not just because, I mean, we, we quote that scripture. I hear it all the time that he came to give us life and life more. See, many of you know that, right? We quote that. What does that mean? Oh, good. Sit down and put it right here in my lap. No, no, no. He said, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It'll be dumped into your bosom or into your lap, I like to say. I want you to get the why and the what he's saying. And you won't get that in a 25-minute sermon on Sunday morning. You have to go after the words of Christ yourself. You have to get hungry for them again. Because if you don't, you're going you're to miss. And, you know, and, I, and I wonder, you know, when we miss the Sunday morning, well, you know, do, we, do you need to get to the podcast? I mean, there's so, so many things going on. I was going to save this for another time, but I just feel like saying it right here. One of the problems in the Christian world today is we've got a lot of Christianity by proxy. That a lot of Christians have a pastor to do their studying for them. they got a prayer team to do their praying for them. 
We've got a worship team to do their worshiping for. We've got a staff to do their serving for them. We've got a few really committed and blessed people to do their giving for them. And now today, with all the coronavirus stuff and all the, the lockdowns, the stay-at-home, the quarantining, and all the digital stuff, now we have a digital team who can do all of our devotions for us. And that's not what Jesus envisioned when he said, follow me. It's not Christianity by proxy. I want you to get it because you will not, you will not get it just listening to me. This is just supposed to be a warm-up for the week. This is just supposed to be a challenge for you to get deep into the Word of God so you can understand what Jesus really says. Because the world's going to tell you a lot of stuff this week. You're going to read a whole lot of crap. I'm sorry. You're going to read a whole lot of crap this week if you're on social media or if you just have your ears open, you watch TV or anything. You're going to hear a lot of that. That's why you need to be in the middle of the words of Christ Get them down inside of your heart so you understand what is the crap and what are the words of life that will lead you to eternity. We have to understand, and I can't do that for you, not in these 25 minutes or whatever. These awesome devotions that are going out five days a week right now, these video devotions, we can't do that for you. You've got to, that's just a good head start. You've got to go there and take it there, okay? So I titled this message today, The Big the big Thing That Jesus Says. And I had not got there yet, have I? I kind of feel like this is almost another part two of the introduction is just to remind you of all those things. But I felt like we needed to do this. We need to really get this today. So let me talk to you about the big thing Jesus says. You know, because I think a lot of us would say, well, man, all those promises. Whew, we got sickness in our family, and there's promises of physical health. I need that one. You know, I just lost my job, and there's promises of financial blessing. <laughs> I need that one. I don't know what to do. I got a situation I can't handle. And, and you say he's got the words of wisdom, the words of I need that. So there's all of these big, awesome promises and things that are there. But what is the, the big promise, the most important one, the biggest thing Jesus said. You know, I, I think it's according to who you are in your relationship with Christ. You know, what's the, what's the most important? When, when you're leaving the house, you know, and you, got, you leave your kids, or if you're a grandparent, you know, you're leaving your grandkids, you know, you're going to your house or whatever, you know, and you leave, what's the most important thing that you say right then? Now, I'm not talking about your bill collector, what your bill collector wants to hear from you, Okay. Not talking about your boss, what your boss wants to hear from you when you're clocking out and going home for the day or the weekend. What do your kids or grandkids want to hear from you? What? The big thing Jesus said was that he promised to return. He promised to come back. That's the big thing. Okay, let's read this. John 14, verse 1 through 4. Jesus is telling his disciples, this is not long before he's leaving, Okay. Not long before he's leaving. This was almost like one of those, uh, one of those many, you know, like my mom, I remember when I was a kid, you know, and we would be at somebody's house. And when I heard the keys jingling, you know, and, and then I knew we were going to be leaving within the next half hour or so because it was going to take her a while to actually finish, right? 
And that's almost the way this was with Jesus, okay? He wasn't walking out the door right now, but he began to tell them, I'm leaving. And he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, now think about it. Would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. You know, I don't know if I don't know if I really believe this or I just want to believe this, okay? But here's what I believe. I think I believe, okay? And I could be wrong. But if I were gone out of town for a month and I pick up the phone and I call my grandkids, at least the big ones, the little ones, maybe not yet so much, but the, 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 sometimes we call them the three bigs. If I were to call one of the, the three bigs and talk to them on the phone, you know what? I don't think they really just want to hear me say, I'm bringing you a prize. I'm bringing you a present. I'm bringing you a souvenir. I believe those three bigs, honestly, I really believe this. I believe more than anything, they want to hear me say, I'll be home tomorrow. Or I'll be home next week. I, I truly, honestly believe that. You know why? Because that's the relationship we have. You know, it, and when we look at the Bible and we see all of these awesome things that Jesus says he will do for us, and that's the most important then we need to check our relationship. Because the most important thing to someone who is in love with Jesus is that he said he's coming back for me. He's not leaving me in this stuff that we're having to deal with. I and mean, face it, like in the United States of America, in this century, you know, the last couple of centuries, we've had it really, really good. I mean, I mean we're, we're whining big time right now because we've got to wear some masks. Amen or oh me. We've had it good, but now we're like, who wants to live in this anymore? Jesus, come on back. Yeah, come on back, but we weren't praying that real heavy probably eight, nine months ago. But it's like now it's kind of shaking us again. Thank God for us to realize this is not our home. He didn't intend for us to live in this. We have this promise. That's the big thing that he says. Not that he's sending us another surprise or another miracle but that he is coming back what do you want you want five more blessings or do you want to see your savior i mean that's what we that's what we got to decide right this is the big thing that he says and this is the big i think this is the biggest and and, and y'all know I, I say this i don't like to use superlatives of the most important but i think this is the most important thing jesus christ ever said is i'm coming back for you those who are my followers. Okay, so now here, here's part of the problem. I'm wrapping up with three things right here. Is I think when we look at this, we still get lost in all the stuff people say about this right here. Because <laughs> there's a lot out there. I meant John, the revelator, wrote an entire book <laughs> about this, right? The book of Revelations at the end of the Bible, right? And man, you can get lost. You can get swamped. You can get overwhelmed with that. So, but I think there are three things that are important that Jesus says we need to know about those verses we just read, okay? And here's the first one. Jesus says, don't be troubled. That, remember, that was at the beginning of that, that passage. Before he told him, I'm coming back for you, he said, don't be troubled about all this that we're talking about now. 
Don't be troubled. Trust me. I'm coming back for you. So don't be troubled about it. And you know, when, when, when somebody tells you they're coming, if you're in love with them, you're not troubled about it. Now, if the police call and say, I'm coming to your house this afternoon, you're probably troubled, right? <laughs> right? Same way. If you're following after him, there is no condemnation. And you do not need to be troubled by this. You need to be encouraged by this, that he's coming. Secondly, Jesus says, there are signs. And he lists, he's, here's some of the signs that he lists in Matthew chapter 24. These are the signs that, that of his return. Spiritual deception, wars, famines, earthquakes, persecution, increased wickedness. Many followers will lose their love for God. Worldwide evangelism, more distress called tribulation, more deceptive teachers. And I want to stop there and preach through every one of these. But my whole point right here is... You know, you can get lost in all those signs or just understand, wow, they're all around us right now. We know it, we see it. And a few of those are the reason why we need to know what Jesus says and not what somebody else says. We need to know what Jesus You need to know personally for yourself what Jesus says. And then the third thing, uh, toward the end of that chapter in Matthew, I think it was seven, ver yeah, seven verses, Jesus says, be ready in about a dozen ways. I dare you, I dare you, challenge you. See if you can count the same number I counted. I think I counted 12. In just so many different ways. In about seven verses, Jesus says, be ready, 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 be ready. Twelve times he says, be ready. The most important thing you need to understand about the most important thing that Jesus says is don't be troubled. Here are the signs. Be ready whenever it happens. That's all it takes. And Jesus says he wants to come back and get us. I remember a story about a teacher in um, Sunday school. She asked the kids, how many of you want to go to heaven? Everybody raised their hand except one little boy. And she said, you don't want to go to heaven? He said, you don't want to, you know, when you die, you don't want to go. He said, oh, I thought you were getting a bus up this afternoon. I was just making sure, you know. But you know what? If he gets a bus up this afternoon, I'm ready to load my family up. Let's go. We are here. We are here to reach one more person that needs to be on that bus. But when that bus loads up, I'll be ready to go watch my grandkids finish growing up in a better place. Oh, I really, I, I just want to sit down here and preach another little bit. But I'm done. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. And, you know, Jesus said something peculiar to the disciples at the end of those verses that we read, John 14, 1 through 4. In verse 4, he says, I'm going. He said, I'm coming back. In verse 4, he says, and you know the way. And you know what Thomas said in verse 5? We don't know the way. <laughs> we don't know where you're going. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> we know the way. <laughs> don't, don't leave us here. You know, give us a GPS, a map, directions or something. Thomas is like, well, we, we don't know what you're talking about. What, what are you talking about, the way? And you know what Jesus said? You, you've heard these words probably. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. He said that in answer to the question, how do we get to where you're going? Get that. That's what, that, that was when he said this. You've heard this quoted over and over and over, but the context is this. How do I get to where you're going? Jesus said, I'm going to heaven, but I'm coming back. How do I get there, Jesus? I'm the way, 
the truth, and the life. He's not just an ideal. He is the way. He doesn't just have good things to say. He is the truth. He doesn't just have some advice for you to have a good life. He is the life. Please, please get hungry for the words of Christ in your own heart. Please get hungry like that. And if you, I mean, looking across the crowd of congregation, I don't know if there's anyone that doesn't consider yourself a Christian, but you want to be, let me tell you, really, there it is right there. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, if you've been here very often, you've heard me use it. This is the one I like to use. Basically, it says Jesus has already done all the hard work. All you have to do is just believe that he is who he says he is. Just believe in him and tell somebody about it. That's all it takes. Believe in it. Just act on that faith in your heart that I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. You've already paid for all of my sins. And I want you to forgive me, like you said in John 3.16. And I, I want to get rid of this condemnation, like you said in John 3.17. That's all it takes because he's the way, the truth, and the life. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. You can email our prayer team at prayer at church2911.com or text us at 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting church2911.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. Thanks for listening to the 2911 Sermons Podcast. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.